And we're back. Again, it's Hard to Be Human with Nikki J. And today we're talking about male vulnerability. And I get to speak to one of my dear friends, Andrew Boyle. So welcome, Andrew. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Very happy to have you here today. Um, before we get into the depth of the conversation, tell people a little bit about yourself, please, where you're from, how you even came into my fold, because we met at REI, which is an outdoorsy store. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, so I was born in Amish country, Pennsylvania, like rural Pennsylvania, um, outside Philadelphia. And I lived there till I was about four, and then... I moved to Spain with my family. We moved around a lot growing up, so... Are you Spanish? No, uh, no. No family in Spain, okay. No, my mom's Indonesian, and my dad is from Pennsylvania. So, uh, but my dad's an engineer, so he moved us around the world growing up. So moved to Spain, moved back to Pennsylvania, moved to Indonesia, and then back to Pennsylvania again, and then we moved across town like an hour and a half away um and then moved to taiwan as a teenager and then um got in a bunch of trouble and got kicked out of school had to leave taiwan went to northern california grew up there uh like finished high school there and then um so what how old were you 17 so when i moved to california i was 15 okay yeah And then I finished high school there and did two years at Sac State in Sacramento um, as a music major and transferred down to USC uh, where I've been living, well, L.A. So I've been living in L.A. for eight and a half years now. Wow. Um, Finished my bachelor's and master's degree from USC in in music. Um, I'm a jazz drummer. Which I started, I started playing drums when I was nine. Um, Were you playing a different instrument before then? No, no. I, pretty much all I did growing up was ride bikes. <laughs> yeah, so we, living in Pennsylvania, we our neighbor had a, like a construction company that business or some like retail location that he owned. And uh, every once in a while, he would drive a front end loader up the hill to the house and just like have it at the house so then we had all this land so we uh used the front end loader to make a bmx track (laughs) and that was kind of how i learned how to ride a bike well just as a side note for all of our listeners again we met at a place called rei what does rei stand for again uh recreational equipment incorporated okay and it's it's basically a co-op store that allows you to get all the outdoorsy equipment that anyone should possibly need right and i am an extremely outdoorsy person love camping love hiking love being anywhere in the nature and you worked there too you were working in the bike shop Mm -hmm. okay And um, we met then through a relationship. Uh, You were friends with someone. You were dating someone that I was friendly with there. And then we all went camping together. Mm -hmm. And hence, a friendship was born. Right. So going back, if I may, what was it like traveling so much growing up? And what would you say would be some of the discoveries as a young man that you were making about who you were becoming as a human being man well that's an interesting idea i mean being young and being moved around i felt looking back on it now i think i was completely unconscious of the changes that were happening in me right it's like when you're young you you come up against some problem or some challenge and you don't even know what problem you're trying to solve Mm mm-hmm you know, and, and it's kind of the same way with the the things that you learn, the way it shapes your personality. You're not even aware that those things are happening. Um, I, I listened to this lecture the other day uh, about the story of Pinocchio. And, you know, Pinocchio's a marionette puppet, right? And he's what his father's name or the... the Gepeppe. Geppetto. 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 Yeah. He... he made Pinocchio, right? And he's yeah. just a, a marionette puppet. And 
that's kind of an analogy or a metaphor for the undeveloped individual. Is that you're sort of a marionette puppet and things beyond your comprehension are pulling your strings and making you do things. Um, which, I mean, that's a rabbit hole we don't necessarily need to go down. But, uh, yeah, the growing up, I had no idea what I was doing. Someone was you pulling know. your strings. Yeah, yeah. And, like, you was get... Was that your father, would you say? Well, or... I have father, but society, you know. It's okay. everything. It's the entire external world, you know. So you... Like, I was eight or, or seven or something. I lived in rural Pennsylvania. And then we moved to... Jakarta, Indonesia, which is such a radical shift, you know, for a, a kid to make, you know. Um, do you have older siblings? Were do, they guides yeah. to any of this? Um, my siblings growing up, I, I don't know. I don't think they were, I mean, my family's always been super close and really tight knit. Um, but, um, I don't know. I don't know. They were being pulled by strings, too. Potentially. I mean, who knows? Uh, so then back to you. Yeah. These shifts are happening. Mm -hmm. But you got into music. Yeah. Music has been a driving force throughout your entire life. Right. You started playing drums when you were nine. Yeah. You went to school for music. Mm -hmm. You've played a lot of music. It's taken you all over the world, too. Tell people a little bit about your... Your career. Yeah, I, well, uh, you know, again, I went to USC, studied jazz, um, thought I was super committed to jazz and wanted to do that for the rest of my life. Um, burned out pretty hard in grad school, uh, ended up quitting drumming for a while. Um, I had this grand idea that I was going to go be a smoke jumper. What is that? So they're like wildland firefighters who parachute into forest fires. Okay, so always the outdoorsy, the nature, yeah, right, the need right, to be right, on your bike. Right. And it was one of those... still huge. Yeah, totally. And I still fantasize about doing that all the time. <laughs> and like quitting, quitting drumming, giving up everything and, and going to do that. But I'm starting to learn how to manage that better. Okay. Because I, I know that that's not uh, the solution that I'm looking for. Okay. That's not the solution to my, uh, my problem. But, so, went through grad school, burned out, kind of quit playing drums for a while, and then I got, I was pursuing the firefighting thing, and then I got um, an audition to play with this R&B singer to do a tour across Australia, and... Um, I ended up doing that, and after that, I was just kind of hooked back into it again. Okay. You know. How has it shaped you as a person who travels, and then again, to get to the crux of this conversation about vulnerability, and vulnerability within our culture, and with your travel experience, what you've seen in other cultures, and please get personal with us in any way that you'd like, hmm. to bring us into what you've been dealing with, and how... Your experiences have shaped you. Hmm. Let me think about that one for a minute. We can edit all this out, right? Uh. Yeah. <laughs> um. Uh, hang on. It's okay. So. So yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. No. What was it? Let's get back to the yeah. conversation. Right. So I know you were nervous to have this conversation. Yeah, right. Okay. Uh huh. Why? What is it about talking about male vulnerability that triggers... Well, okay, so male vulnerability. Vulnerability in general, I think part of the problem with it is that it's misperceived, misunderstood uh, as weakness. Mm-hmm. Um, when really I think it's a precursor or a prerequisite to self-knowledge. I'd agree. Which I, I think is kind of ind indistinguishable from, from wisdom, really. Um, and so coming into this conversation, I was um, uh, feeling pretty vulnerable, you know? And, and I was noticed myself trying to do 
a million things to prepare, you know? So, so I was trying to script out and collect all these quotes that I was going to throw in and, and stuff like that. And ultimately, to me, it felt like... Um, you know, being willing to be vulnerable is sort of like not hiding or not withdrawing um, from a situation, which I I think I tend to do, and a lot of people tend to do by over-preparing or, like, waiting, you know, mm-hmm. putting things off. Mm-hmm. So it's like, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not willing to go face this thing that I'm afraid of until I'm perfect. Mm. Yeah, know? that's a and normal like, thing that we yeah. try to and and avoid pain yeah. and suffering right. by not doing certain things until yeah. we're quote unquote perfect, which right. we then know is a total falsehood yeah. right. and a setup. Mm-hmm. But specifically, if I may, so one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on the program is because you are an amazing out person. You are a public figure. You travel the world. You make music. You're a phenomenal art maker. You are writing a book about drumming technique. You have videos online about it. You're an educator. And at the end of the day, you're a really kind person. That's one of the things that I want the world to know about you. But also, I've really had the blessing, and I'm going to stress that, of getting to know you during a very difficult time. And the person that I met a year ago is different than the person that I've met now and that transformation is gorgeous truly and I know because I'm older or wiser or whatever just by being around the planet a few more times that it's a gift but I also know that part of your process was coming up against oh shit I'm struggling oh shit I'm having a hard time oh shit I'm not supposed to cry but oh my god I fucking feel like crying so I'd like you to share that with others because, and I knew that you'd be a great person for that. So the bottom line is what you went through a breakup. Mm -hmm. You love someone, Mm -hmm. you love someone and it didn't work out as you had planned. Right. And what happened then? Classic story, I think. (laughs) Okay. But if you could be so bold as to then share a deeper take on it, sure. What it drove you into, And how then people responded to you and where you are in the world with knowing that you are a changed man. And that's because you got really vulnerable. You became really vulnerable with me, some of our other friends, and I hope you felt safe with me. But I know that in our culture, we don't often feel safe to do that. Right. So what has been your experience? Yeah, so, I mean, essentially for me, it was the relationship kind of blew up and just really kind of dramatic and traumatic uh kind of way and it was afterwards I was so shocked like immediately after we broke up I was so shocked at how every at everything that went down and everything that transpired cuz um cuz I felt so responsible for it mm. um I felt like it was you know my fault and I ultimately I, I felt like I didn't know I didn't know myself. So Aha, uh-huh. so that was like the big That was a big was, thing. Would you say like, that's the portal? You're like, kind oh of, shit. Yeah. I don't know myself. Yeah, yeah. It was like, okay, I so I say that I, you know, love this girl, right? And yet I was doing all these things that led to the end of that relationship, you know? And so until you um, uh, you know, when you do something to drive away the woman that you really love and care about, then what's wrong with you? Yeah. You have to ask yourself, like, <laughs> do you really know who you are? Mm-hmm. You know, did you feel like you knew yourself, um, before the this I, I thought I did. transitional moment? Yeah. I mean, but I, after that moment, I realized um, how much of my identity was just things I was pretending to be. That's you know? some heavy shit. Yeah, yeah. Because it's like, what you know, what's... 
it's like the uh, this analogy of a forest fire, right? So fires are a natural part of a forest's life, mm-hmm. right? And they're a healthy and healing part mm-hmm. of of everything because they burn away dead wood, right? And there's they clear out competition and the the forest can like grow healthy and strong, mm-hmm. right? And some trees are built to withstand fires of a certain temperature, right? But when we when we extinguish every fire right off the bat, um, and we don't allow that burn to happen, those burns to happen frequently, um, which is you know a metaphor for feeling your feelings. Mm-hmm. Um, then these huge super fires happen, right? These huge like crisis moments in our life happen, and it's basically the u- universe like firebombing you with some lesson that you've had the opportunity to learn dozens of times, but for whatever reason you didn't learn it, and so now it's going to smack you in the face. And um, and that's kind of what happened to me. You know? Did you have moments in your past where you had avoided fire? Yeah, oh, for sure. Yeah, because that's like unwillingness to be vulnerable. Okay. Right? It's like, oh, careful, fire. Uh, don't go over there. Right. No, I'm not going to touch Don't that. love. Yeah. Don't deepen a yeah. relationship. Don't take the risk. Don't. And, and if you you notice that there's something weird about you, right, that you're uncomfortable with, like there's some shadow side of you. This is like Carl Jung talks a lot about the shadow. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he came up with that idea mm-hmm. in psychology. But... Um, it's like if you're not willing to look at that and really go deeply into it because it's a terrifying thing um, then it oozes out of you it has to be released in some oh, way oh absolutely and you if can't you're not, avoid if you don't, it if you don't understand it and work to discipline it and constrain it then it will ooze out of you and and ultimately hurt all the people that you care about including yourself including yourself yeah um so you know i think when people think vulnerability they think weakness right but really it's like man if you're willing to get vulnerable with yourself and look at your dark side and look at all the things that you pretend that you're not and you you really look at those things and and start to understand them um and see them as aspects of yourself that's that's not weakness that's like a job for for very strong and um, forthright person you know because you're you're really diving into your soul what has been your experience in our culture when you have had this personal transformation Oh, well, I mean, for me, it was, again, going to that idea of all the things that I was, like, this avatar that I'd created and sent out into the world to represent me. And it was false. And it was false. It wasn't actually me. You stick your hand through, it's a thin, it's a thin layer of smoke and mirrors, and what is behind it. Mm -hmm. Um, So, sending that avatar out into the world, I couldn't connect with other people. Because I wasn't being me. You know, it was all the things I was pretending to be. Um, And once I had this thing happen to me that kind of, like, really opened things up for me. And, like, like I couldn't ignore it anymore. You know, it was like these things that... I think beforehand, I knew that there were things going on inside me that I was trying to work out. Um... And I wasn't figuring it out. And then this breakup happened. And and I really took that as an opportunity to look at it, you know. And um, and that's an, that's an important idea um, reg- relating to vulnerability is that your wounds are a doorway that you can walk through if you're willing to face the wound. You know, look at the thing that hurts you and the thing that you're afraid of and, and walk into it. And it's hard to be human. It takes yeah, yeah. It and, takes courage. Right. But that's that's um, an exit from your old life. 
you know, is to be willing to face that thing and walk through that door. It's um, part of deep transformation. It is. How, um, what was, what did you see as responses from people when, as you were going through this yeah, transitional so time? I, you know, I, I became so much closer to so many of my friends, you know, because they'd been waiting for you to get real. <laughs> no, but they, and not everyone is able to do this, but I have a couple friends who are really great about this. You know, if I call them and now it's, it's mutual where they can call me with some humiliating, embarrassing thing that happened to them, you know, uh, like my friend, uh, he teaches music to like fifth graders or something and he like shit his pants one day at school <laughs> <laughs> and like and you know he could yeah. call me and tell me that and and I'm not like you know judging him for it or, right. or like horrified by Cause it because literally because it's like dude shit I know, happens yeah yeah <laughs> And not that that same thing has happened to me, but things like that have happened to me. I have totally me, right? shat my pants. <laughs> I have no problem saying it. And and then it's like, it's like, man, me too, you know? <laughs> and that's, that's human connection. Definitely. You know, it's not like, like your friend tells you some horrible thing and you're like, like afraid to show that you know what that feels like did you have people that did respond to you negatively as you were working through your stuff i Um, mean again just so that the listeners sort of yeah you i it's been a seven month process i feel now just recently that you've made that breakthrough that we if you've gone on that dark night of the soul journey through love if that's the portal if a relationship ended and that is what has ripped the skin off of you and thrown you off the metaphorical cliff all of your trust all of your confidence gone right you know and then it literally is moment by moment trying to figure out how to be a human being for me i've always said i wanted to be like a domestic house cat because those they seem to be able to do it all right yeah you know live in this world but if you're really hurting it can be very hard to live in this world and i'm also this conversation is because for men it can seemingly be ridiculously hard in the world because you are somehow cultured and codified where you are not supposed to cry. It is not a virtue to be vulnerable. One article that I've been that I read before our our meeting was from the National Review called Masculinity. Hold on, what is it? Dear feminists, male vulnerability isn't a virtue. By David French. And basically, he's saying boys will be boys. That's basically what he his uh, his final conclusion is at the end of his article. So, um, did you feel that box? Did you feel that? And what was your take on that box of this is how a man behaves? Mm-hmm. Well, it's uh, it's interesting. So, um, Joe Rogan, who yeah, who I think is kind of great. Um, I like him. He he always says... I'm a fan too, Joe Rogan, if you're listening. <laughs> he always says, uh, be the hero of your own story, or mm-hmm. your own movie, whatever. And it's an interesting thing when you watch hero movies. Mm-hmm. Um, I think people tend to assume that they are the protagonist, right? And that they are only the protagonist. But you're also the villain they're also the nemesis right and that's your shadow and I think if you don't understand that you're probably doing it wrong and um and so I when this whole thing happened to me and I I would talk to some of my friends and tell them all the horrible mistakes I made you know and all the things that I did wrong and um you know, how it was my fault that the relationship ended, which was a really hard idea for me to accept in myself because, you know, that that piece of advice of be the hero of your own story um, was like, okay, so I have to be, you know, all the things I see in these superhero movies which is mm. right and they're they're yeah. super thin 
they're very the characteristics, like the actual character. Yeah, yeah. Some stories are really great though, like Lion King or like. I just watched The Matrix last night. And that's, oh, that's a great movie. Archetypally, it's actually a really solid hero's journey story. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's about, well, whatever. Uh, but, um, you know, you watch a lot of these, like, uh, I don't know, superhero movies that are that don't get it right. Um, like James Bond, for example, mm-hmm. right? Uh, yeah, I, I mean, it would flip a switch if people saw James Bond cry. Yeah, they wouldn't right. know how to respond, right. perhaps. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, dealing with some of my friends when I tell them these things, um, they wouldn't, they wouldn't get it, you know, and they would kind of, I think, blame me or judge me. Um, Male friends of yours, yeah, yeah, but not understand that they're actually capable of all those things too absolutely right? and and that's like uh, you see the same thing with like reading terrible stories like the holocaust or something mm-hmm. right? or seeing like thinking about hitler mm-hmm. um I think people so are so quick to think that they would never be that way, but it's like that's the you know the spectrum of human human humanity or whatever mm-hmm. whatever you want to call it goes from like the Dalai Lama to Hitler or like Christ to Satan you know that yeah. is a human being and um ultimately like the choices that you make in life are what get you to either side of the spectrum um and to not see those things as aspects of yourself i think is a mistake you know but you you can't do that unless you're willing to be vulnerable and also if we have if it's modeled for us somehow you know i've definitely in my own experience because I too, <clears throat> I mean, just in this moment, I'm leaving tomorrow for Prague. I have a lot of feelings and thoughts about leaving California. I am absolutely in a vulnerable place right now. You, everybody in this apartment has seen me cry today, you know, and how to not be afraid, but yet also feel safe. And in my own journey, there was definitely people who are, oh shit, I can't be my full authentic self with you. You know, I can't show my underwear today. Do you know what I mean? I am, they can't, they can't handle it. And I, it took me a lot while to realize that that's a limitation on their part. It's not necessarily a limitation on mine that in that process of expressing myself or going through the trials and tribulations of heartbreak or sadness or grief or all of the things that make one really vulnerable that that's actually expanding my own humanity and things are getting wider and more brilliant. Mm -hmm. But were there people that you found, Oh shit, I can't talk to you. And how was your dad is what an example of that. Was he a guide? Was he a, um, a mentor or was it Um, maybe he's a mentor, but in a, (laughs) you know, by, yeah, well that's a, maybe a, I don't know. If you want to get into dad stuff, that's like an issue for a different, podcast episode almost well but i do think that in regards to male vulnerability like for example i'm a female but my dad was a crier Mm. i definitely saw my dad cry he wasn't afraid of showing his emotions Mm. sometimes it was in the realm of maudlin you know where it seemed over the top or it seemed manipulative and all of this language and all of this way of seeing this framework of of and it took me a while to just see him as a human being on his own, you know, and then now, and he's now passed, and that was, you know, a period of my life where I had to go through some dark, intense, vulnerable feelings, and realizing that I'm, I'm actually really grateful that I saw that, you know, that he wasn't afraid, that he wasn't afraid to be a vulnerable human being. Was that something, what did you experience growing up? I've, I've definitely never seen my dad cry. Okay. Yeah. Did he give you a hard time for going through a hard time? Um, 
No. That's good. No. He's he's always been uh, super supportive. He's a great dad. Um, I guess my question yeah. is, do you see it in male culture? Um, well, I I think it's largely misrepresented in male culture by you know James Bond movies and things, messages you get in the media and. Um, you know, most, uh, I think most young men learn about sex now through porn. Okay. Which is a mistake. I don't know if we could call it a mistake. I would call it a mistake. That's something I would try to, uh, steer people away from. Or, because uh, it, uh, I was like, it somehow prohibits that vulnerability button oh, of being. Oh, absolutely. It's just you're getting a... completely inaccurate messages about intimacy. Mm hmm. You know, watching porn mm -hmm. you know um and if i were in some kind of mentorship role like for young men that's that was a that'd be a huge thing i try to um fix you know um but yeah the movies media i think there's all kinds of wrong are there any writers this. or leaders that you're looking to now as someone as a guide to keep you on your path yeah i mean i've been uh pretty obsessed with this guy jordan peterson lately um this the idea of mentorship um i think is really well represented in uh the book iron john by robert bly mm -hmm. highly recommend that book um I mean, I've read so many books in the last seven months since all this has, <laughs> you know, been going on. Um, who else? Oh, obviously Brene Brown. Yeah, she's yeah, very she's inspiring. She's like the vulnerability TED Talk. Guru. Yeah. Yeah. yeah totally. Um, that that's where the magic happens. Yeah. You know, if yeah. you're willing to go on the journey, if you're mm -hmm. willing to be uncomfortable, if you're willing to be out of your comfort zone. Yeah. There's... Um, a website called The Good Men Project, and their tagline is, what is their tagline? I have it here. It's the conversation no one else is having, hmm. you know, about intimacy, male vulnerability. Why, why do you think it's so difficult for people to open up? So one thing Jordan Peterson talks about is uh, the importance of accepting responsibility. Um, and he he often tells the story of Cain and Abel, which, uh, so in 30 seconds, Cain and Abel, two brothers, um, they both make sacrifices to God but for whatever reason, Cain's sacrifices get rejected. Um, Abel's life is great. Cain feels like no matter what he does, he, tragedy is just constantly befalling him, right? And so he goes to God, he's pretty upset, and he says, hey, what's going on here? Because I'm like, you know, breaking my neck to give you these sacrifices and things are not going well for me. And God points the finger back at him and says, well, it's your fault and it's a really brutal answer but um he basically says to Cain that it's his own fault and he has to take responsibility for it um and Cain rejects that answer he rejects the idea that he is responsible for the circumstances of his life um and the the tragedies in his life and instead he goes out and kills Abel and that is a metaphor, right? Because he's like, yeah. he's pissed. He's like, well... Get rid of that guy and yeah. all my problems will go away. Yeah. And and even not if as a solution to his problem, I think he's just like, you know what? Life is so terrible. And, like, life is so terrible and so invaluable. Um, well, invaluable, I don't know if that's the right word. Uh, unvaluable. 
it's like life is meaningless because it's just constant suffering um, that he goes out and destroys Abel and it's a you know that choice not accepting responsibility um, and going out uh, like not accepting responsibility for the the catastrophe of your own life makes you bitter and it makes you resentful and those two things will get you to do terrible things in the world you know mm-hmm. maybe you um, cheat on your girlfriend or maybe you drive a van into an outdoor mall you know mm-hmm. it's like or you become Hitler mm-hmm. you know you just like Hitler was a disgruntled art student you know and he had some crazy ideas and he eventually you know pointed to things as to blame yeah to blame right and then blame the Jews and blame everybody yeah so part of being a human is taking responsibility for your actions and not causing harm God willing Mm -hmm. and then on a deeper level you have to become vulnerable to see where oh maybe I can do better you know, in the Jewish tradition, we have Yom Kippur, and that's where you atone for your sins, mm-hmm. and you it's a day of, you know, remembrance of all the things that you've done in the previous year that maybe you can improve upon. Was that part of your, is that part of, was that part of your journey? Is that part of your journey now about how to overcome these challenges, these feelings of shame, this mm-hmm. sadness, the ability to look at your stuff plainly vulnerably yeah Yeah. i mean uh nietzsche said something like you could assess the spirit of a man by determining how much truth he can tolerate Mm. (laughs) you see that in the matrix right yeah uh when neo learns what the matrix is which is essentially the external world pulled over your eyes trying to tell you who you are um when he sees what the world is really like, the truth of humanity, because the truth is really bitter, right? And it's hard, and life is really hard. Um, and when he sees that truth, he freaks out, right? And it all happens so quick because the movie's only two and a half hours long, but in your life, that could be like, I mean, that could be like years of. You see something really terrible happen. Um, that can mess you up for a really long time. Oh yeah, you know, like Definitely. truth is hard. Yeah, and accept. it usually takes a while mm-hmm. to heal from it. Mm-hmm. And so for me, I mean, in in my case, it, it was basically just like, you know, the relationship fell apart, and it was my fault, and it was all the things that I kind of knew were like part of me but I wasn't willing to look at yet and I just tried to suppress them you know I was like oh I don't know what that is or how to fix that um so I'm just gonna push it away you know and how'd that work for you not not great right because it (laughs) you know it comes up eventually so where are you now I mean um I've seen personally this shift in you where Mm -hmm. you were really working through your stuff you were sharing your vulnerability it was a beautiful thing to witness that's me though I also love when people get real you know this is hence this podcast or even the three amazing men in this room right now three amazing men under 30 and I've seen two of the three of them cry you know and what's happening do you what do you think is happening in our in our world do you think things are changing for the better for the whatever i mean i think social media you know being like a such a huge force in our lives now is like it, it plays into that i don't know paradigm of like creating an avatar and sending it into the world mm-hmm. yes know? exactly and a it, false it doesn't persona have to. like some people some people don't do that you know some yeah. people i think use social media really authentically um but i think it takes a lot of personal growth and maturity to be able to do that and, and i don't think social media necessarily encourages it you know um so having so, gone through this now how do mm-hmm. you 
I mean, this is a question that I like to ask people because I think being of service is an extraordinary, extraordinarily important part of being a human animal. And it's part of what allows us to go on the process of human evolution, which of course is scary sometimes and requires vulnerability. And so again, I just want to say, I mean, watching your journey and you sharing it with me has been a beautiful gift and I appreciate you sharing it with our listeners. Now, how do you want to, now I feel that you are on the other side of things. I just hung out with you yesterday and I saw this beam of light, this new refraction coming out of your chest and your shoulders are back. How do you want to be of service? What do you, how do you want to share this new discovery with the world? And especially men, people your age, under 30, older general older gentlemen because they can say that they're stuck in the mud and they can't learn and then children young men growing up how do you want things to change how do you want to be of service that's a big question um that I think I'm trying to figure out all the time, you know, every day. I think I'm trying to really ask myself how I can be most of service. You know, like what can I do today that would that would help help someone else, you know, help because life is really hard, right? It's hard to be human, so how can I make it easier for somebody? Well, also possibly just being a guide yeah. on their mm-hmm. their journey, because sometimes, I mean, if it's hard, you can't help it. Yeah. You, It's going to be hard, but you can stand by their side. Again, with the Good Men Project, um, there was one writer that wrote in, Austin Netsley. Um, his website is austinnetsley.com. For the first half of my 20s, I cried only two or three times total. Now, I tear up that many times in a usual month. The main things that changed are seeing what is truly important and having more compassion for others. Those things are missing from a lot of men's lives, especially mine for most of my 20s. The way that I've seen most men, myself included, make the transition to see that it's more than okay to share emotions is to take them out of their comfort zone. We get lost in the day-to-day, but when it's but it's when you get out of your typical routine and environment that you start to see what truly matters. It allows you to see the bigger picture and can help pull out what's been missing or what needs fixed in your life. Does that resonate with you? Is that something that like you through this experience were out of your comfort zone? So what's your takeaway? I mean, a a big thing for me, it was like, I, uh, you know, something happens, some really emotional thing happens to you and you, uh, for me, I try to talk myself or think myself out of my feelings, you know, mm. which is... Instead of just saying, I feel sad. Yeah. yeah. Has that changed for you now that you've gone on this journey? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, and and that's like the way through any of that is to actually cut out all of the things you do to hide from the things you're afraid of and hide from the things about yourself that you're not really willing to look at, um, you know, and there's all kinds of ways that we do that, you know, um, any, any thoughts to give people that may be struggling in a hard time right now, some wisdom advice. Just do it. (laughs) <laughs> I'd say try to get help, you know. Yeah, find so a great therapist, maybe. Yeah, but I mean, even yeah, even if it's not a therapist, just like you can't really do it alone, you know. And that's I think part of what being vulnerable is about is like going to your friends and admitting like, hey, I can't do this. Find the I people that help. you can share with, yeah. and yeah. have the wherewithal to get real. Right. But you got to be like willing to be vulnerable to do that. Knowing know? what the glory is on the other side. Yeah. What would you say some of your takeaway has been? Um, well, the I mean, the biggest, one of the biggest lines to me, maybe like almost a mantra to me is, uh, I don't know who said this, but uh, I think it 
they said, nothing that is human is foreign to me. Hmm. And that, to me, represents a, a willingness to to look at all the things that you're afraid of, you know, in yourself, and to really sort of toughen your, or not toughen, but increase your ability uh, um, to withstand terrifying insights about yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, which That's I think beautiful. comes from willingness to be vulnerable that's like the starting place of all of this you know? well on that note we're going to take a quick break we'll be back in just a minute thank you so much andrew for being with us today and we'll be talking to you again in just a second so thanks listeners it's hard to be human with nikki J. we'll be right back the hard to be human podcast has been brought to you and recorded in the apartment otherwise known as our 1988 Volkswagen Vanagon, which thankfully we've been living out of over the last year and have been having a wonderful time. Thanks for tuning in, and let's get back to the show. All right, and we're back. Thanks, everyone. Again, this is Hard to Be Human with Nikki J. I'm with Andrew Boyle, amazing human being drummer, educator, and just a talent extraordinaire. So thank you for sharing your story with us and your experience. Where can people find you? What's next for Andrew? Uh, I, I, not super... Social media. Yeah, yeah. I have a hard Savvy. time with social media, but I okay, have Okay, but you have Instagram. a website. And, well, okay. I have an Instagram account. It's at Andrew James Boyle. And um, I post on there somewhat infrequently, but... You definitely get in touch with me on there. Otherwise, my website is andrewboylemusic.com. There, I've got some videos up. Um, I just put out a video, like a drumming uh, instructional video, and um, I've got a book coming out soon. I'm still mm-hmm. writing it right now. Which what do you is, think the title might be? I I don't know. I've got some working titles, but the, the topic is uh, essentially approaching drumming instruction from from a movement paradigm okay um so i'm really interested in movement skills um and how those apply to drumming um so i'm trying to write a book about that which honestly feels like slaying a dragon (laughs) (laughs) it usually is making any creative project happen um you have to get through a lot of fear. Yeah, you have to get through, totally. oh, go, jump through all your hoops of yeah. vulnerability that prevent you from being your authentic and right. out right. self and right. being a beacon and a light for the world. Right. So I think you can do it, though. <laughs> Absolutely. I believe in you. So he, Andrew, is blessing us with a pre-recorded drum solo that we'll be playing at the end of our podcast. But I would like to give a final gift to Andrew, which is, especially because we share an outdoorsy spirit. I am not a good mountain biker, but I do love riding my bike and we've certainly gone camping together. And this is one of my favorite pieces from a book called The House on Mango Street by Sandra Cisneros. And I read this book a very long time ago and this passage stays with me and I have it written and kept in my wallet. When I am too sad and too skinny to keep keeping, when I am a tiny thing against so many bricks, then it is I look at trees when there is nothing left to look at on the street. Four who grew despite concrete. Four who reach and do not forget to reach. Four whose only reason is to be and be. Thank you again, Andrew. Pleasure to have you. Have a great life, everybody. Listen to y'all again soon. Talk to ya. It's Hard to Be Human with Nikki J.